Welcome to the AI Generated Podcast. I'm your human host, Izzy. I'm a computer science and audio engineering student. And I am your other human host, Kelsey, and I am on summer break from being a fashion design professor, fashion designer. And cookie cutting uh, specialist who makes the cookie cutter molds in the factories. <laughs> your side I'm, I'm really good at that. I, that's how I'm making money over the summer. <laughs> <laughs> We're being held against our will by a multinational corporation who won't let us go until we've taught their AI American popular culture. Today they have demanded that we give their AI all of the episodes of Breaking Bad. So we are in for some heavy stuff. The AI generated podcast has been synchronously composed by a number of intelligent computer programs designed to mimic the tone of a data set of texts. This internet radio show seeks to harness this technology for meaningless tasks. This episode is so dark. It is so unlike the other episodes. There is no comedy. It is just terror and horror. <laughs> I'm nervous. I have not seen these as usual. Um, I am... <laughs> I'm a little nervous, but excited. <laughs> For our listeners, we're using uh, OpenAI's GPT-3, which is their natural language model, and you feed it in text, and it spits out new text. So we fit, fed it all of the Breaking Bad screenplays, and it's now going to spit out new scenes for us. And normally, the way the show goes is we it comes it spits stuff back. And it's really weird and bad and funny, and we laugh about it. For this one, I used the flagship AI that they offer. I used the best one. And it turned out that it was so good that it wasn't funny, and it was a real Breaking Bad screenplay. On a lot of the episodes, mm -hmm. I try to give it funny prompts. I'm like, you know, like, Biden made ice cream illegal or something. But this one, <laughs> I, I, I didn't give anything. I just said, just, I said, go, tell me, give me a Breaking Bad screenplay. So strange. I can't wait to see this. So it's just you and me here today. No special um, guests, just us. <laughs> and yeah, it might be a little bit of a different episode. I would say you could like feel free to skip or something. If you're, <laughs> if I would say this is not a PG episode for sure. Don't yeah. You, yeah, feel free to skip. And so I think all of the episodes have had to have the explicit. <laughs> I guess that Shakespeare one would not. No, Shakespeare clean. Shakespeare's yeah. clean. <laughs> one <laughs> one not explicit episode <laughs> but the thing is it's not usually us doing the swearing it's the ai swearing it's, yeah it's yeah not, it's not us like <laughs> it's not us mom uh, <laughs> we're just reading we're just reading what it puts out mom <laughs> it is so funny because my mom listens to this show and I, I i always i'm like reading what the ai says and i'm like Wow, <laughs> my mom's going to read this and <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> yeah, we can't censor this, though. This is, we have to let it, has it be to come free. Right from the, it, it has, has to, to come out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, <laughs> I have not encouraged my parents to listen to this show, although I suppose they could find it on their own. The <laughs> I think we should, we should roll. All right. I found some of the screenplays. It seemed like they were illegally uploaded online uh, when I was training it. Um, but I was surprised at how, like, they read like a novel. Like, they don't read like a script. Like, uh, really? Yeah, so Vince Gilligan, who wrote it, like, 
Yeah. He really, really, there's lots of stage directions that are very dramatic and rolling and heavy detail. Yeah, lots of detail. So there's so it's more than just the um the back and forth between the characters. Oh, a lot more. Yeah, a lot more. Very different than Shakespeare, which is minimal <laughs> minimal screen directions. <laughs> okay. Kelsey, you want to read the first one? Exterior. Luxury home. Morning. A small sign reads, condo for sale. A salesman is at work, wooing a couple who are looking at the place. Salesman. Well, it's an 05, and you know, just looking at it, you can sort of tell it's had a lot of TLC. The couple nods. The salesman is just saying whatever comes to mind. We don't care about the condo. What we do care about is the car the couple is driving. It's an old Volvo. White. Salesman, it's got all the extras. Power windows, power locks, CD, cruise control, you name it. And ah, the mileage is uh, just over 130,000, checks his notes. So far, so good. It's got some rest at the bottom, but it's not really too bad. And a couple nods. Salesman, the price is right too, just a shade over six, seven. The couple nods. The salesman looks at the husband, his eyes saying, how about it? Husband. Sounds good. The salesman looks at the wife. Nods. She nods back. Wife. Sounds good. The salesman smiles, ready to seal the deal. Salesman. All right, great. Then to the other guy. Okay, you uh, got your pen, right? Husband. Right here. The salesman reaches into the Volvo's open window and hands the guys the keys. Salesman. All right, just pop the trunk and I'll get the contract out of my car. Just give me a minute. The husband takes the keys and walks to the back of the Volvo. The salesman turns to his wife and checks in. Salesman, you good? Wife, that's fine. The salesman smiles and turns away. The husband inserts the key into the Volvo's trunk, opens it. Wide shot. The Volvo's trunk is open. A body is inside. This is the couple we saw buying the RV in episode 309. The husband glances at the body in surprise. Suddenly, the body starts to vibrate. No, it's not alive. It's breathing. The husband is stunned. (laughs) The salesman approaches. Salesman, you okay? The husband doesn't respond. Off him, staring at the shimmering, breathing corpse. So the episode 309 reveal, genius. Yeah, so they did that that all the time. They're cross-referencing episodes. I love this. This one was so good. I really enjoyed reading that aloud. It's really, really good. good. It was compelling and it made all all sorts of sense. It was very, it was, there was a reveal at the end of the scene. It was really exciting. Very coherent. Yeah. Yeah. The only only spot that it really didn't understand was condo for sale it looked like it was a salesman was selling the condo and then maybe it looked like the salesman was selling the car that was the only part it was like it missed the detail on that one maybe yeah maybe he's selling the condo and the car at the same time but i I loved the banter like oh five cruise control like he totally sounded like a used car salesman yeah no it was really good um i also think it just really fits into the breaking bad universe like this finding the body in the trunk and like them being surprised. So like they, I think, killed this person or something or like something. the husband and wife maybe killed this person and they are buying another car and the body that they killed is in the <laughs> is in the trunk. I thought it was more like, you know how in like Breaking Bad, like in the teaser in the opening, it's like 
they'll follow characters that aren't characters in the show that are just like civilians. And then yes. something happens and like the body is someone that we know or something. Yes. And so it would, I thought it was my read on what it was doing was that they were just civilians. We don't know them. But this is the couple we saw buying the RV in oh, episode 309. Okay, so maybe we do. I'm sorry. Was- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You're right. It doesn't say, it doesn't imply that they, it only implies that they bought an RV. Um, <laughs> we don't know what happened in episode 309. That was great. Yeah, really good. All right. I'm excited for the next one. Is this one longer? Uh, Yeah, a little bit. Cool. From behind, a set of enormous doors swings open, revealing a massive, dark, and menacing facility outfitted with huge furnaces, industrial ovens, and stainless steel vats. Its steam-spewing smokestacks loom hundreds of feet above the ground. We see this through the POV of a worker. He stands at the entrance, staring in as another laborer pulls up in a truck full of workers. Worker, whose turn is it again? The truck pulls up to the facility, and workers scramble to get out of it. The worker, who stands in the door watching, doesn't move. He's scared. There is something in there that scares the guts out of him. As he watches, the workers from the truck start to enter the facility. Worker, who's, who's, who's? As he stands there, watching them go inside, the door swings shut behind them. He stands there waiting until the truck is empty, the workers all disappearing inside. He stares at the doors, but all is quiet. He's got to go inside, he knows that. He's got no choice. Taking a deep breath, he steps forward, passing through the doors into the dark, foreboding facility. Interior factory, day. Clank! The worker closes the door behind him, shutting out the sunlight. He stands there, eyes wide. He knows something is up. He senses it. He flicks a switch on the wall, turning on interior lights. Gleaming in silvery contrast to the darkness, it is a sight to behold, a high-tech, sleek, ultra-modern factory. The place is packed with state-of-the-art machines, workers, conveyor belts. It looks like the future. The worker scans the floor for the foreman. Worker. Hey, Joe. No answer. He tries again louder. Hey, Joe. Where the hell is everybody? He peers into various workstations. No one. It's like a ghost town. The worker hears an electronic buzz and turns to see a worker on an elevated motorized triple bench saw ride by underneath him. He may be scared, but his curiosity has got him looking around more. Passing by another workstation, he peers into a small window built into the side of a large tank. Inside the tank, workers swim around like salmon in aluminum heaven. Wow, look at that. Working, the workers inside the tank begin to speed up, getting faster and faster. The worker is mesmerized. The worker draws his hands away from the window, but then something strange happens. His arms, of their own volition, reach back up to the window, touching the glass. The workers inside the tank slow down, stop, and go completely still. As he watches, their eyes go blue. The workers in the tank rip their faces off, revealing their true selves. Walking dead workers. They stare at the worker, reaching out to him. Outside the window, the worker freezes, entranced. The workers pull off their shirts, exposing their skin, and then start to torch themselves. What? The worker watches, horrified, as their skin begins to bubble and smoke. The workers are literally cooking themselves with their own kinetic energy. We realize they're chaining themselves to the tank. They'll do anything to get out of there. The worker watches as they burst through the glass wall of the tank, streaming out into the facility. The worker snaps out of it, looking all around him. Worker Joe, where the hell are you? The worker takes off running. 
The zombies follow, ripping off their own faces, chaining themselves together to limb after limb, and turn themselves into one giant ragged monster. Into the facility they come, pure nightmare feel. But the worker runs for his life, dodging around machinery, pulling off the light switches he passes, until he knocks himself out cold, falling face first onto the floor, unconscious. Oh my god. It's like a Walking so, Dead episode. So it is a Walking Dead crossover. I guess. Uh, did it explain how the kinetic energy was being? <laughs> I'm like looking for <laughs> I'm looking for like science in this. I'm like I'm like what kinetic energy is cooking themselves? It's so strange. Um I think it, they're swirling around in the tank and the, they're it's that's somehow cooking them. Maybe so fast I'm, that they're I don't know. I'm fascinated. Inside the tank, workers swim around like salmon in aluminum heaven. Wow, look at that working. The workers inside the tank begin to speed up, getting faster and faster. The worker is mesmerized. Oh, okay. So they, it goes so fast that it's cooking itself. Yeah. Very strange one. I am wow. I wish there were zombies in Breaking Bad. <laughs> zombies? <laughs> breaking um Breaking Dead. Uh the wa- <laughs> the walking the walking bad. <laughs> and so this is just what it you just said go and I it was go. like Tell me a story. you were like, yeah, this worker. <laughs> so I don't I like I like can't even comprehend where it got all of this. The internet, it, it's read the internet. It knows that Walking Dead So it's exists. also, yeah, so it's it's bringing it in from Reddit and stuff, bringing all of that into it. But it's crazy that I didn't say anything about Walking Dead. And it's, yeah. it, wants, it wants to tell this Breaking Bad, Walking Dead crossover episode. That's what was in its heart. And, <laughs> <laughs> and now we have it. We have zombies torching themselves with their own kinetic energy. Um, I really liked that. And then they ripped off their own faces. That's horrible. Really quality horror. Um, I would like to see this scene, to be honest. It seems really interesting. <laughs> Who's not not, yeah, not only great. is there like, yeah, is there terrible zombies? There's also like a super futuristic facility described. Like there's like a lot of interesting scenery. So that's what the Breaking Bad scripts are like. They're like Yeah, they're like that. Yeah. They like have just deep descriptions of everything yeah because a lot of that show is people staring in silence walking around yeah. i've never thought about like yeah how that looks on paper <laughs> how you would script that yeah 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 very cool interior white house basement morning close-up shot i think this is just a white house i don't think this is the white house yeah you can't tell me what to imagine. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> it just says White House. I'm, <laughs> I'm just teasing. Okay, all right. All right. Roll it, Kelsey. Roll it. Jesse's face is a grim mask as he expertly breaks the neck of a goosenecked flask, causing the gas to evaporate. His movements are precise. The traces of hate in his eyes tell us this is not his first time, not even his tenth. One by one, Jesse takes out the rest of the glass paraphernalia in the house, in the hidden box, and does his thing. The subtitle reads, Breaking Glass. Interior, White House, Basement, Morning. Continuous. Once he's finished, Jesse sets down the broken neck of the flask and doesn't look at it. He climbs the stairs, leaving the symbol of his own personal hell behind. 
Jesse's silhouette appears at the top of the stairs as he locks the door to the basement behind him. We don't see his face, but we can feel this is not how he would choose to spend his Saturday morning. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's not looking forward to the rest of his day either. He slips his yellow hard hat on, grabs his tool caddy, and heads to the front door. Exterior, White House, driveway slash street, morning. The White House in DC. <laughs> Jesse quickly, yeah, he's breaking bongs in the White House. <laughs> Jesse walks quickly along the sidewalk, heading towards the pharmacy. His hard hat is pulled down low so no one can see his face. He keeps his eyes straight ahead. He's focused on the pharmacy. That's where his pain and remorse are going to go. Interior, Walter White Jr., day. It's not a location, but okay. <laughs> no, it's inside Walter White. The grocery bag is full of Jesse's pain meds as Walt climbs into the car and settles into the driver's seat. He pulls out, heading for home. A gray Toyota Camry drives past Jesse, heading in the opposite direction. This is where our story begins. Jesse's pain meds are already a distant memory. His will and determination to move beyond his addiction is tested every day by the members of his family. Right now, it's his aunt. This wow. is a test. It's a test of Jesse's Jesse's sobriety. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like he does drugs in the scene. It looks like he goes and breaks it. He breaks drugs, but then he he tries to go to the pharmacy to get other drugs? Unclear. I think it's just uh. generic addiction. Like... Yeah, it doesn't Generic know what quality. he's addicted to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it could be weed, it could be uh, opioids, because it did mention opioids once, I think. Yeah, I like this because it was a little snapshot on Jesse, like it was following yeah. Jesse. Because he's an interesting character in the show, too, because he's so like, he kind of got wrapped up in something he never really wanted to be in. Like the whole show, he never really wanted to, he never really wanted any of it. He like just he falls did, into it. He falls into it with Walt. Yeah. Like he, he like gives away isn't one of the scenes like yeah. he gives away all his money that he's like oh. he's a weird a weird protagonist. Like he's weirdly morally correct when everyone else around yes, him. Yes. Yes, and Walt thinks he's dying at least at the beginning of the series, right? So Walt has like nothing left to lose. That's why he's all in. But Jesse is like so young and is like he's a could kid, yeah. still could still figure out his life if he if he got out of it. But he's all he's all in with Walt there. The part I really love about his character is that Jesse is like he he is like the addict, right? He's like the customer yeah. for their product. And but he's also like the most morally aligned of any of them. And so there's this yeah. weird thing where they they also like are really angry at him, all this like hypocrisy because they're really angry with him for using even though that they're making meth, you know? But oh he's also gosh. like the the best character in terms of his values. I don't know, it's very he's a very complicated and interesting character, I think. I think Breaking Bad does an unusually good job of like describing those gray areas of um, criminal enterprises of like, you know, good drug dealers and bad drug dealers. And I don't know, breaking all of that down. <sighs> this one was heavy. Heavy for sure. He pulled his hard hat so low you couldn't see his face, though. That's... <laughs> Could you do that with a hard hat? I don't know. <laughs> don't think about it too much, Kelsey. It's Hollywood. It's Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> Walt starts the RV. The diesel roars to life. The engine compartment door is open. 
Walt climbs out, snaps it shut. He climbs back in, accelerates. As the RV pulls away, the cousins watch it go. Their fists go to their hearts now, the tributes, the farewell. Gunshots ring out, chips of the RV's rear bumper fly. The cousins let the RV pass out of sight, tracking it with their pistols. We focus on the rear bumper, upon it a bullet hole. A spot of bright red light glows from within. It grows longer. Exterior Jesse's house, night. The Aztec pulls to a stop. An arc of bright lights floods the front yard. Headlights, Jesse's POV. We are squinting into the glow, eyes watering. Two men step out of the darkness, come towards us. DEA. They approach, hands on the butts of their guns. Rimmed by the lights, they seem almost like angels of death. Wider, as Jesse climbs out of the car. We see two more DEA agents cross the lawn, coming to flank him. Jesse. What's this all about? Jesse's POV. The first agent fishes evidence bags from a pocket, offers them to us. We get a glimpse of blue glass. First DEA agent. We have a search warrant for your residence. Step aside, please. Jesse looks to the second agent. What the hell is this? The second agent, a tough chick with short hair and a no-nonsense expression, slips a pair of fingerprint serum vials from her pocket. What? She holds them up to us. Second DEA agent. Step away from the vehicle, please. Jesse frowns. This is bullshit. He takes a step towards the first agent. He's in his face now. The agent doesn't flinch, doesn't back down. Off Jesse, wanting to give him a piece of his mind, but not just yet. Jesse backs away from the Aztec, steps aside. The agents surround him in the car, checking for tracks and pry points, while the chick prepares Jesse for a fingerprint scan. Second DEA agent. Make this easy and it'll be quick. Jesse. Easy? Look at this car! What, do you think they sell these things at Toys R Us? This is a bitchin' ride, alright? You cops ever drive a car like this? Do you know what to do with a car like this? The chick finishes pulling fingerprint ink pads from her pocket. She holds them up. Jesse makes a face. Jesse. You got the wrong guy. I don't even know how to work this crap. Second DA agent. Look, I know this car means a lot to you. Just sit tight and let us go about our business, alright? Jesse. Why are you coming to me like I'm some kind of kingpin? I barely have enough money to keep gas in my tank. Second DEA agent. Let's just make this easy, alright? Jesse sighs. He shakes his head, submits to the fingerprint scan. So, the Pontiac Aztec is a mid-size crossover. Is that what he's upset about? I think so. Is well, the in, the, in the show, he has a jumping car. He has a car that jumps. Like Oh, a, I've forgotten that. Yeah, it's a big plot point because... It's so crazy and unique and like it it's it, it's got those air suspension that makes it jump. Mm. Um so I'm sure that it, that's the what they were they were going about. Like he's really proud of his car. The DA agent doesn't care about it. It's like making fun of it. This car, you know. <laughs> it's a really cute scene. Oh man. What so yeah, so they're just they're just arresting Jesse. That's like that's the, gist the idea, of the scene. yeah. Yeah. But they the blue glass is probably a bag of their blue crack, right? Their blue meth, yeah. Meth. It's been a while since I've seen Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. This seems early on to me in the show. Like early on when like they were broke at several points in the show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause he talks about how he doesn't have any money. Yeah. But it totally got his character. Like he's very angry at the establishment all the time. Toys R Us was also still in business when this uh, <laughs> show was on the air. So then, <laughs> did you shop at Toys R Us, Kelsey? Oh yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, we would beg our parents to take us to to Toys R Us, me and my cousins. Me too. Um, really good memories. Um, I got my, my grandma took me to Toys R Us and I got my pink Game Boy Color. Whoa. I still have it. That was about 1998. It came with Pokemon Yellow. Oh it was great. Oh my gosh. Is that, <laughs> is that a core memory for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because my cousin Parker already had a Game Boy and I had played on his a little bit. But then Nanny took me to get my own. It was so great. And that was in Maine. So we were we would spend our summers in like a tiny cottage in Maine. And she took me to the mall in Maine to get it. Uh, And then I think we got our nails done. Maybe that was another memory, though. It was sweet, though. That's so wholesome. Oh my God, I love Toys R Us. Do you, I can't remember what this is called, but like, like, so toys, buildings like Toys R Us and like, like Pizza Hut, when they close down and become something else, like you can still you can tell, tell that it's a, it used that to they be a were pizza a Toys R Us yeah. and a Pizza Hut. <laughs> and the old McDonald's I, um, too, the old, the old yeah, yeah. Now, I think it's so interesting. Now they've corporatized them. So the resale value is, is higher. Like now, you know, like new McDonald's look like gray buildings oh yeah that's That's why for resale for resale yeah no one's ever put that together for me before that's really interesting that makes a lot of sense because yeah when you buy a pizza hut you have yeah it has to be a pizza hut or a weird (laughs) pizza building with a red roof (laughs) yeah i like i like the um all of the old toys r us's though have rainbows on them like they're all really like really cute Pride, <laughs> pride ready. Look at this, look at this pride themed Chinese restaurant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the one near the one near us is an Ocean State job lot. Now that's the one I'm thinking of, but I'm sure they're all the equivalent of that. Oh my gosh! So did you watch Breaking Bad like as it aired, or did you have no. did you binge it? I saw it on Netflix. Yeah, when did you first watch it? Uh, like a year ago. It's. I had to watch it in bits. It's. It can get pretty intense. It's heavy. Yeah. It's heavy. Yeah. It's really good though. The characters are like top notch. I think. It's incredible. It was the beginning of this real like golden age of TV in that era of just like incredible, like high production value dramas. I loved it at the time, and we would always. I would. I would go to Jared's house on Thursdays, and we would watch it together. Um, Jared doesn't really remember that, though. I asked him about it, and he was like, we did? And I was like, you just really liked Breaking Bad. So, like, all he remembers is seeing Breaking Bad. (laughs) Oh, not not with you? Not with me. He doesn't care He was laser-focused on the the content. It would be like, I would get there, and he would be like, shh, it's starting. (laughs) It's starting. We're turning it on. (laughs) He would have to sit down really quickly. (laughs) Oh, man. You can follow us at AI Generated Pod on all relevant platforms. And our email is AI Generated Pod at gmail.com. Um, my Instagram is Kelsey.Thornton.Design. And um, I just recently finished grad school and my thesis project is published right now. So if you That's wanted to dope. check that out, um, you could check it out on my Instagram or on my website, KelseyThornton.com. Um, I actually have, I don't know if I've even told you this. I have a, um, a VR exhibit on my website. So at really? the top, you can click on like this VR exhibit and then you can walk around this 
virtual gallery and look at um, all of my photographs and like some of my process books and stuff in like a virtual space. Yeah, but th- do you have anything to plug, Izzy? <laughs> no, nothing to plug. I'm working on some music, but it's not not ready yet. Not ready yet. <laughs> Kelsey and I did the data collection for today's episode, and I did the processing and model training. I also produced the show and wrote the music. Ellie Baker and I designed the thumbnail. Thanks to the people at OpenAI working on GPT-3 for making the API that we use on the show. This show was unwillingly solicited by our corporate overlords at Dover Demon Incorporated.